0: For nearly two decades, the award winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD news from the worlds of business and finance with Your Financial Editor Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and Uh, as a podcast on iTunes. I am Chris Murray, your host. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. I hope you're having a good weekend and um, have a good program planned for you today. We're going to be talking about some top stories of this past week and a little bit of data. Then I have some uh, interesting economic indicators, the information, updated information I wanted to share with you, and also just some good old Retirement 101 information. All that uh, on the table for you today. And um, I'll start off with our uh, top stories. You know, it's just we're in a changing world. Um, We see different uh, industries going different directions and having to change and adapt uh, along the way. This week, I saw that Exxon announced that they're facing a shortfall of about $48 billion through 2021. So this is a situation that's going to require the top us oil company exxon to make uh, some deep cuts to its staff and to the various projects that it has exposure to and you know the the other thing is investors are even starting to worry a little bit about the uh, the dividend which was always you know a, a sure thing you never had to worry about exxon's dividend but You know, with all these changes coming, uh, people are concerned that it could be reduced, uh, suspended, eliminated. There's a lot of speculation out there. So even though they've really weathered a series of setbacks the last 10 years or so, um, they are going to have to make some changes. They made very big bets on U.S. shale oil fields. Uh, pipelines, global refining, and other areas. Uh, The one we talked about here on the program not too long ago was their big offshore find in uh, Guyana, where they discovered up to 8 billion barrels of oil. So the problem, this uh, stupid coronavirus comes along. Uh, We've got these mandatory lockdowns, business closures, shelter in place, all that nonsense. And the the demand for energy just uh, dried up. So that's why this year Exxon has already borrowed about $23 billion to pay their bills. That about doubles their outstanding debt. And um, they also, for the first time uh, ever, posted back-to-back quarterly losses. So now, like I said, they're looking at their worldwide exposure, not just here in the U.S., but around the world, and figuring out what they need to do, what they can do uh, to to help their situation along. So that's something we're going to be keeping an eye on. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Another big um, old-fashioned name, if you will, General Motors, they said that they were acquiring an 11% stake earlier this week in the U.S. electric truck maker, Nikola. That's about a $2 billion investment, and they're going to team up with Nikola to make a pickup truck. And I saw some sketches that looked pretty neat. Um, Nikola sure liked it that day that it was announced. The shares of that company were up over 40%, I saw. So um, this is General Motors staying in the game, trying to take on... Tesla trying to take on Ford's endeavors. Um, But, yeah, they're going to build this truck. It's going to be called the Nikola Badger truck. And uh, they expect uh, production, excuse me, uh, by the end of 2022. So we've got some time uh, before we see that. It's looking like that uh, truck might have a range uh, of about 600 miles uh, on its batteries. And... um, All that speculation, of course, we'll have to wait and see, number one, how it pans out, how reliable it is, how cost effective it is. And then, of course, um, the uh, range as far as how far you can get before a recharge. And, you know, the other thing that nobody really wants to talk about is what happens with all these batteries down the road or if a lot of the uh, electric and solar doesn't work out the way they're planning on. And all of a sudden they have to go uh, to some other form of, uh, of energy or just some other ideas. Me personally, what do you do with all the old stuff? I don't think you want to put it in the ground, do you? Uh, considering what they use to make it. But anyway, we'll, we'll, uh, that, that's a story that's going to have to be addressed uh, more head on as we go. This is something that you know I saw this week, too. I made a note to bring up. Um, it seems like every year. We have uh, some type of a serious issue or crisis or real problem with the Postal Service and Amtrak. And we know what's going on with the Postal Service right now, but we also heard from Amtrak this week. The CEO, his name is William Flynn, told Congress that, uh, that, that Amtrak needs up to $4.9 billion in government funding to avoid... Uh, job cuts and some um, cuts to their, I guess, their routes and and how much uh, they're going to operate. So he said that um, the that Amtrak anticipates needing the amount to operate and invest in their network, support their partners, address various congressional concerns like avoiding employee furloughs, maintaining daily long distance service. So this is $4.9 billion of taxpayer money is what they're asking for. Currently, Amtrak is burning about $250 million a month. And, uh, again, the CEO says that if uh, that's not fixed, they're going to have to make, uh, the way he put it, very dramatic reductions across the company in order to stave off bankruptcy, which you have to wonder, is that really where they should be um, and should be? You look at private versus, I mean, there's so many questions with Amtrak, like I said, at least on an annual basis. I mean, the CEO was uh, before the House of Representatives subcommittee earlier this week, and they just got a billion dollars from Congress from us, us, back in April. So it's like they've got this threat. Look, if we don't get all of these other billions of dollars we're going to furlough about 2,000 people, about 10% of their staff by October 1st. Um, Ridership and revenue levels are down 95% year over year is what they say. I've got something interesting to talk about in that area a little bit later uh, when it comes to the airlines. But like I said, Amtrak has always had problems. It must not be an easy job being a CEO because it's definitely a revolving door. Uh, But nothing really seems to seriously change you might have a band-aid on the situation for a while but as taxpayers w- we really do need to ask the question wait how much value are we getting i mean you have the federal government taking 10 20 30 40% of your income through income tax much less all the other taxes and again you know you look at these types of uh, situations and you say well are you doing it right, or should it just be scrapped and totally redone? But we hear it every year, and it's just another way to kick the can down the road. I'll tell you what, for people that are looking for work and want to get back into it, there's quite a bit out there. Uh, some good news this week, UPS, United Parcel Service, said, the, I think it was the middle of the week, that they were going to hire more than 100,000 Seasonal employees as they gear up for what they call it a record peak Christmas season. So the company is uh, is filling full and part time seasonal positions. So they need drivers, they need package handlers, they need driver helpers, you name it. And um, the good thing um, is that in many cases these seasonal part time jobs become full time jobs. So you have a person that's working really hard and they show their worth. And after the Christmas season, UPS and these other companies have seen their worth and uh, see what a good employee they can get. And they offer them that that uh, full time job. So that's something that happens every year, year after year. And I don't see that it would be any different this year. Um, Now, of course, with covid their services are like they're saying are more important than ever more people are shopping online they need more delivery services you have ups and fedex and dhl and everybody else out there that are trying to uh really take advantage and capitalize on that opportunity so you have many other areas that are suffering but this is an area where, you know, you can see these companies doing better than, uh, than, than expected. I mean, they're, at UPS in July, their shipments from businesses to U.S. consumers were up 65% in the second quarter. And with the Christmas shopping season right around the corner, the company, you know, doesn't see anything slowing down. So over 100,000 jobs from UPS. And then for the white-collar folks... Um, Amazon is adding 33,000 corporate jobs. These are new corporate jobs. They announced that in the middle of the week as well. Um, This is something they're they're having. Amazon is having like this uh, virtual career day on the 16th. So that's coming up next week. And um, what they're trying to do is say, look, here's we're putting together more than a thousand experienced recruiters and HR professionals to help uh, folks looking for work across the country learn about opportunities at uh, Amazon and elsewhere. Amazon in particular, though, for those 33,000 jobs, those corporate jobs, they're going to average $150,000 in compensation, according to the company. So there's some real opportunity there for folks. This was something I really was extremely happy to see. And I hope it's the beginning of something. Uh, J.P. Morgan, which, of course, is one of Wall Street's biggest employers, is calling its trading staff back to the office. So J.P. Morgan, the executives, told senior employees at the bank's giant sales and trading operation that they and their teams must return to the office by September 21st. Love hearing that. Get back to work. You know, these people are struggling. Of course, the worst are the kids with school. But um, these folks are struggling in many instances when it comes to, you know, working from home. So the bank's global head of sales and research, um, they delivered the message in conference calls. And uh, there were a couple executives that were telling employees, look, if you've got child care issues or you have medical conditions that make you more vulnerable, to covid complications you can continue to work at home oh wow how about that for common sense doesn't that make just the most sense in the world so like most of the uh city workers up in new york and around the country you know these wall street traders in particular they were like trying to figure out what the heck are we going to do since they were scattered from uh, Wall Street back in uh, March. And it's been hard for them to go um, to virtual and because, you know, they have a certain way that they all do business together and they, you know, they spend time together and they eat together and, you know, they're talking back and forth throughout the day uh, at any instant. So um, I loved seeing that at J.P. Morgan. And I give him a lot of credit. You know, one of the main, main reasons, the Behind all this, for companies not bringing people back, is because of all the uh, ambulance chasers. So you know you've got all of these um, these companies that are like, boy, we sure would like to get back to business and really get after it hard, but they're just opening themselves up to um, to lawsuits and extended litigation and potential bankruptcy if they're sued out of you know out of uh, business. So. It's just it's embarrassing that, you know, you have to worry about that when you're talking about what's going on with COVID. If you take common sense uh, steps and get things uh, open back up, um, look, if you're scared, just live in your hole. I mean, that's fine, you know, especially and I don't mean that if you're vulnerable or if you're older in that, you know, or you have some comorbidity. But otherwise, you know, if you just want to be a scaredy cat, then fine. Just stay home. But, you know, again, these companies have to worry about being sued. um, And it's just it's a terrible thing that we have in this country to worry about. I'll tell you another big development on Wall Street this week. Jane Frazier might not know that name, but she's going to become the first woman to run a major Wall Street bank. And that's at Citigroup. She's going to succeed Michael Corbett, who is the CEO right now. He was supposed to be around for a couple more years, but he's bolting in February. So Citigroup tapped uh Miss Frazier to serve as the bank's president and to run its global consumer bank last year. And that kind of established her as the front runner to succeed Mr. Corbett. So um Mr. Corbett, he's only 60 years old. He's run the bank since 2012, did a pretty decent job. Um, and actually he will be the first Citigroup leader to leave on his own terms since uh, Sandy Weil back in uh, 2003. So you've had somewhat of a a real mess with leadership at Citigroup until Mr. Corbett came along about eight years ago and started, you know, really focusing on getting the bank um, in the shape that it needed to be in. And, um, you know, this is just a big deal. I mean, I think, you know, I don't care if you're a man or a woman or what color your skin is or any of that garbage. You know, you always want the best person um, in charge of whatever it is that needs to be done or in, you know, whether it's a doctor or a specialty or, um, you know, here in banking or whatever. It You know, it really doesn't matter. You want the best person or a super good person, you know, for the job. Um So, you know, Miss Frazier, she's been there for, oh, 16 years, I think. She's only 53, so she's young. She should have a real nice runway to accomplish quite a few things that she wants to get done. Um, And we'll keep an eye on that, but, you know, wish her well, really, because Citibank is such a big player um, on the board when it comes to banking. Obviously, you want what's best for the, uh, customers at Citibank and for the, uh, employees, uh, and leadership, everybody. So we'll see how that plays out. We also saw this week that there's, um, there was a, a block of additional relief, uh, government, I should say taxpayer, uh, uh, relief and bailout money that was going to be, um, made available, so Democrats blocked the Senate Republicans' um, coronavirus package, an aid package, relief package, whatever you want to call it, on Thursday. Uh, now, they had, they being the um, Republican senators, had brought it down to about $300 billion in this package. So it was focused. Now, remember, the Democrats went $3.2 trillion, That's where they were. Um, and originally, we heard the White House would go all, all the way to a trillion, but that's not enough. So the um, senators, the Republican senators, said, look, let's just do something very targeted, $300 billion package. That'll give people $300 in weekly federal jobless benefits through December 27th. So there is that extra money. Hey, establish legal protections for businesses and health providers you know how important that is well the trial lawyers you know they really don't want that to happen and they're um, I mean you can go onto the websites and see they're major campaign contributors to the Democratic Party so they don't want that protection they want to be able to sue over anything you know if a fly lands on your arm probably and also The um, senators wanted to add an infusion of funding for testing and vaccines and provide some new money for schools and child care. So that's what that $300 billion would do. But there was no pork projects in there. um, Or if they were, they were minimized. Special interest wasn't going to win out. So, uh, again, these politicians that are using COVID-19 politically, they're an embarrassment I mean, they are an embarrassment. I don't know how they sleep at night. I mean, I really don't. I don't know how they sleep at night. You're keeping money from people that are out of work, from businesses, uh, from health providers, just because you can't get what you want, you know, all the uh, extra bells and whistles. So it's a total embarrassment for those people, whether they acknowledge it or not. Um, this was also interesting I saw this week. You know, it's just great. You had you, you have some of these companies out there that are paying um, their, um, you, you know, kind of their production line, even though they don't have a whole lot of work going on. But they're making sure that they keep those supply lines open and in business and as many people employed as as possible. I saw this week that uh, Lockheed Martin and Micron Technology, uh, they said that they're paying their bills early. So, you know, they depend on these other smaller companies for parts and services and uh, widgets and gidgets and and you name it, you know, throughout their supply chain. So they want to make sure that they keep them kind of, you know, operating as best as possible. I know that, you know, people are getting laid off. Uh, The one um, example I saw, Perfecta which is a company out in Wichita, Kansas. It's an aerospace company. They um, received a lifeline in early June when Lockheed Martin started paying their invoices in half the time it usually takes. So they were getting that money to the folks that needed it so that they could continue to keep people employed. And that's just, I think that's a really, a really good thing. And I'm sure everybody appreciates it, especially if you have um, a job that they're, you know, and they're saving it. Um, Quick break here. Uh, Our newest complimentary takeaway for you. Are you paying too much in taxes in retirement? Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com and uh, it's on the homepage. It's a complimentary download. It's just an eight page tax guide. Um, talking about separating your taxable and tax-deferred accounts, uh, the signs to watch for uh, when it comes to tax laws, et cetera. So that's a complimentary uh, download for you, Group.com. and um, you can uh, download that directly. And then uh, we'll be back on the other side. I ain't rich, but I damn sure want Like a dog all day, ain't working for me. I wish I had a rich uncle that'd kick the bucket. And I was sitting on a pile like Warren Buffett. I know everybody says money can't buy happiness. But it can buy me a boat. It's happening this Saturday, Ashley Home Store's giant blockbuster savings event. The sale you just can't miss. Save 50% on beautiful Ashley living rooms, sectionals, motion, and leather. Save 50% on new Ashley dining rooms and bedrooms. Plus, this Saturday, get free delivery, and Ashley pays your sales tax. Decorate your home and save big with Ashley's low blockbuster prices. 50% off free delivery, and we pay your sales tax. This Saturday, only at Ashley Home Store in Frederick and Hagerstown, Maryland controversy fun confrontation and a few laughs on mid maryland live with tim and frank weekday afternoons three till six on free talk nine thirty 30 wfmd back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and at iTunes. Just type in um, your financial editor and you can get the podcast there. Uh, We post that uh, every week for you so you can re-listen or share if you'd like. When we look at the economic data this week, not a ton of it. Uh, a couple things jumped out that uh, I was going to take some time to touch on. Uh, one was the National Federation of Independent Businesses. Uh, the NFIB Optimism Index came out, and I was really glad to see that it increased uh, 1.4 in August to a reading of 100.2. So that reading is above the historical 46-year average. And we saw that seven of the 10 index components improved. So that was really good to see. And not too long ago, we had the NFIB chief economist, Bill Dunkelberg, on. And, um, you know, he was giving us kind of the skinny. We'll get him back on here soon, I'm sure. But uh, I saw his quote was, uh, small businesses are working hard to recover from the state shutdowns and effects of COVID-19. And we're seeing areas of improvement in the small business economy as job openings and plans to hire are increasing, but many small businesses are still struggling and are uncertain about what the future will hold. And that makes a ton of sense as well, because there is still uncertainty, um, about how the politicians are going to handle things about the, uh, vaccines and antibodies and, and, and others. And, um, are we going to have a whole new uh circle back around with this nonsense um, in the uh fall and, and into winter? So but I, I tell you, I couldn't believe that it actually increased on the survey and um that it's above the 40-year average as far as um being so strong. So that was good to see. Something else, you know, that we've talked about um all year. It didn't start out super strong at the beginning of the year, but it really has come on. And that's the housing sector. And a piece that we saw that we get every week on, you know, Wednesday mornings, Bob Miller and I let people know it's coming down the pike, um, is mortgage applications increased 2.9% from the previous week. Uh, So that's what we saw from the Mortgage Bankers Association from their weekly application survey. The refinance index increased 3% from the previous week and was 60% higher than the same week one year ago. So uh, last week was sweet. You know, you look at the uh, 15-year fixed rate, it hit a new record low of 2.62%. And the uh, interest rate for the 30-year decreased also to 3.07. So uh, for those folks, you know, that are trying to get into uh, a property, it makes it a lot easier and a lot more appealing to them when they can get that super cheap money. And uh, that's what we saw uh, last week. And then when we were looking at inflation, no real big concerns with the PPI or CPI. Um, You know, you're going to have some inflation, I think, with all the money sloshing around out there. And one of the reasons why is because of um, how the, uh, the government, meaning the Federal Reserve in particular, is really trying to, you know, get people to... Spend their money to borrow money because things are so um, money's so cheap as far as borrowing, and I'll get into that in just a little bit. I have a little more to say about that. But the PPI and the CPI, nothing major there. Um, it was also good to see uh, in the Wall Street Journal this week um, that the U.S. economy and labor market are recovering from COVID nineteen, uh, the downturn that it caused. I should say more quickly than what was uh, originally expected. So um, every month, the Wall Street Journal, uh, they survey these business and academic economists, or poll them, I should say, and they were, this, this time they were like, okay, so what do you guys expect, and girls, as far as gross domestic product, Um, and it was really a nice improvement. The last time they took the test uh, or the poll, they were saying that uh, they expected growth in the third quarter annualized to be at about 18.3%, which, you know, a lot of people are like, that's great. Well, they changed it, and now they're at 23.9% annualized in the third quarter. So that's obviously up sharply from the previous survey, and – I think, um, you know, a lot of economists have been extremely surprised, almost like they didn't even want to acknowledge it, but they had to, that the data and the rebound has come on so strong the last few months. So um, really good to see that. I hope we continue to see that and uh, that our recovery – Uh, continues to strengthen, um, and we'll keep an eye on all the data for you and let you know what's going on, kind of what to expect, and just the accurate numbers. When we come back, I'm going to be talking about that a little bit, uh, some specific areas, kind of where we are on the gauge right now, or the speedometer, if you will. So uh, I think you'll find it interesting. We also have some retirement stuff to talk about. When your legs don't work, used to before. It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on... Free Talk Radio, 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And, of course, you can get the Your Financial Editor program as a uh, podcast off of iTunes. And um, I forgot to uh, tell you going into the uh, last quick break there that uh, our latest complimentary download uh, is titled, Are You Paying Too Much in Taxes in Retirement? So a real nice eight-page tax guide for you. Uh, complimentary download just go to murfinancialgroup dot com and uh, get your instant download now uh, you can have that for uh to mark up read and you know answer some questions you have uh, maybe it'll jog some uh, questions um, you know get you uh thinking more seriously about what's uh needed what might need to be done for retirement and uh and prompt you to get you um some um, uh, you know some advice there for sure so just real quick, I want to go over some of the latest data that we do have um, and what we're looking at as far as economic and financial indicators. This is something that, uh, you know, we kind of look at. Uh, it's forward-looking as, as the, these indicators go for basically three to six months. And um, some's good, some's mediocre, and some is uh, not good. So I'll go through kind of one by one. I, I'm, I'm happy to say that there's more good and mediocre than uh, negative. So when you look at monetary policy, which we talked about a little while ago with the mortgage rates and with the Federal Reserve saying they're going to keep interest rates low for a uh, prolonged period of time. When you look at monetary policy, that is extremely favorable because, as I mentioned, interest rates are low. So people that want to borrow that qualify, you know, they have access to extremely cheap money. And now it's not so good if you're a saver and you have money, say, in a bank account, you know, a savings account or a checking account or a CD. um, You know, those rates are nothing to write home about. But as from on the other side, the borrowing side, very positive. The U.S. economic outlook overall a little better than middle of the road. Believe it or not, um, consumer sentiment almost middle of the road. So the consumer has really strengthened, uh, snap back from um, from the COVID mayhem. But you know, you still do have some issues. To deal with there because there is some some uncertainty, um, housing and mortgages also positive, um, actually has been improving, as the year has been going on, so that's really good to see. The labor market, yeah, it's improved obviously from where we were a few months ago, but still have a long way to go, but we are headed in the right direction, and um, and that's really a good thing. When you look at consumer spending. Uh, that kind of goes along with the consumer sentiment. Spending's actually a little better than the uh, sentiment when I look at the overall ratings and, and and data there. Strong consumer, which is important because that's going to help us with uh, our economy overall. Uh, we are a uh, consumer driven economy. so when the government tells you stay home, stay away um, you know, we're going to punish you if we find you here or there. You can't spend. I mean, you can online, but, you know, that hurts a, a lot of businesses out there. Um, so the consumer spending is up nicely. It's improving. So that's that's really a good thing. Um, when you look at the business outlook on, you know, the spending and the surveys, I talked about the NFIB. That continues to improve. That's fantastic news, especially for the small businesses. The larger ones, you know, they have that opportunity. They have access to lines of credit and and other ways of raising money. So it's really harder on the small businesses. And, again, that's why you had the um, uh, PPP plan that was made available by the Treasury Department and the Small Business Association to – get money into these small business owners' hands to try to save them, try to keep their employees on board. So, um, you know, so that was good to see. Leading economic indicators overall, they're pretty good. You know, I mean, they're they're kind of um, um, the parge is just right. It's not, you know, super hot. It's not cold. Um, you know, so far it's working fine, especially in the climate that we're in. Corporate profit growth, I mean, these American companies and capitalism and, and what the American worker does, it just blows your mind, especially when you see um, the the carnage that lays in, in the wake of this COVID thing. So um, really good to see that there's some uh, bright outlooks for corporate profits going forward. Now, the political environment, now you could kind of say that's in the ditch right now. Um, that's definitely a negative going forward for, um, the economy and for the financial markets. Uh, A lot of uncertainty there because of the election, because of massive policy changes and how it would upend the, uh, the, the economy and the financial markets. So, you know, there's really nothing we can do about that except in, you know, 50 days or so cast the right vote and, uh, and, Pray that it works out and uh, that the country continues to uh, to recover inflation in check, as I mentioned, energy costs. They've been dropping a little bit. Again, this gets back to politics. Um, You know, if you have an abundant source of energy that you can provide at the lowest cost, that's good, especially for poor people. Um, or those on fixed incomes, if you're going to get pushed into other areas that are unproven and more expensive, um, that's going to hurt mostly the poor people and uh, those on fixed incomes, no matter what they say. You know, when you uh, w- when you chase it back down uh, and do it backwards, you'll see that that's just a fact. And um, that's so that's just an overall of these various indicators that I look at all the time. Now, I really do believe that there is more good and more mediocre, for sure, than negative. So we say positive and neutral. More positive and neutral than negative. Uh, actually, out of the 20 that I look at, only four are negative, And the rest are either neutral or positive. And that's really good going into the three- to six-month period. The one that can throw the wrench in the fan The easiest and in the worst way is the political environment. So we're going to keep an eye on all that. And um, I suggest you do also without making yourself insane. But, you know, when it comes to your um, retirement and your investments and things of that nature, it's important to make sure you understand Uh, just what you may be exposed to. Are you paying too much in taxes in retirement? That's the latest uh, complimentary eight-page tax guide download for you. Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. It's on the homepage and it's complimentary. So uh, get that instant download. i If you're curious about who may be out there but don't want to jump into anything right away, then take a fun step and just take a look at Our Time. Our Time is the number one dating site for singles over 50. It's easy to use and can help you find a partner to share in a new activity you've been wanting to try. Take a walk or just meet someone new. Check it out. Start for free today. Go to OurTime.com. That's OurTime.com. Start for free at OurTime.com. 930 WFMD is at your service, featuring local business people who are experts in their field. The Watering Hole from Tri-County Pumps, this Saturday morning at 8 on 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at wfmd.com and uh go to iTunes and you can listen to the program as a podcast. Just go to Your Financial Editor, search that uh on iTunes. Um and you know, we were talking before that quick break about the uh, all of the um different things that like for example that uh myself and our firm follows with uh, all of the the data and um the barometers and and, um, the information that's kicked out. And it's important, really, you know, especially now as we do get uh, closer to uh, the election, Uh, if you're invested or, you know, whether you're, uh, making some long-range plans, whether you're close to retirement, already in retirement. It's important to have a lot of these uh, what-ifs answered, I think. It, you're going to be better off if uh, if you have a good grasp on what's going on and what your situation is and how it might be impacted, especially because when you talk about retirement the, these days, I mean, you see people, I've been doing this for over you know, 30 years, you see people that live 20, 30, 40 more years in retirement, some people are living in retirement more years than they actually were working uh, because of longevity and uh, just living the way they live, you know, in a, in a good way. So it's important to make sure that, you know, you can always answer that one question Will I outlive my retirement income? So, based on what happens uh, with the financial markets, and also just making sure that you have um, a, a solid plan in place. All of that is, it's just vital. Uh, and, and, you know, whether you're, like I said, if you're already retired, you really want to make sure that you go back and and make sure all those boxes are checked. And if you haven't retired yet, you know, you want to retire like you mean it. You don't want to retire like, uh, oh, I hope this all works out. Or I guess if I have to get a go back to work, you know, I, I can, you know, you don't want to have those kind of uh, questions nagging you. You want to know the answer to those. And it's not rocket science. I can tell you that it does take some math and, and, and science and putting pen to paper and some thought, but that's all good for you because, I mean, you're talking about again, decades and decades of, uh, of a impact on, um, on what your retirement's going to be. And, you know, as you're going along and saving or if you're already into retirement, you want to make sure that you take into consideration what your lifestyle is and what you want it to be, and then you kind of work backwards from that. And we make sure that we assess: okay, we're taking in inflation, which is a boring word, but uh, you know the cost of living. We know how that increases, and um, how much money you have, how much risk you're exposed to. So if there is uh, a real serious um downturn after the election and for some years to come how is that going to impact you because when people are taking money out they are and, and it is in a you know a down uh, trodden market you're actually selling at a loss and um that can definitely impact how long your assets last so we call it redlining And through our planning process, we can, you know, look at um, pensions, social securities, any other monthly cash flow, um, you know, monthly income in general, what the net is after taxes, what the expenses are. And then, like I'd mentioned, inflate those expenses. And then you actually, you know, you'll see, oh, okay, you know, we're we're really going to be all right and we're going to be able to live the life we want. Based on good planning or hey we have a little bit more work to do or um, a couple um, changes that we need to make that are going to be very very beneficial so uh, again you get back to answering these questions hard answers when can I retire without running out of money can I continue my present standard of living uh, all through into and all through my retirement years Um, What about Social Security? What's the best way for my specific situation to utilize Social Security? Um, You know, what if you, God forbid, die prematurely? What's going to happen to your family? You know, if they wake up tomorrow and you're not there, are they going to be all right? I mean, you're talking about your family, your legacy. Um, so all of these things, you know, what about long-term care? Nobody wants to talk about that, but we know that it's a reality. And after you're 65 years old, once you're older than that, 65 and over, it's basically a 50-50 chance, according to the statistics out there, that you're going to need something. So instead of, you know, being the ostrich, like some people are, um, address it. And then just make a decision because it's an educated decision because you have looked at all the the, uh, you know, how that situation would be. And um, and you can make a decision. I'm going to plan for it. I'm not going to plan for it. Um, I'm going to, you know, push it down the road a little bit, whatever it is. But at least you'll know you won't be guessing or in denial about it. So, like, you know, we help people gather the data to analyze their current financial picture. And then of course, make recommendations and provide options subject to your specific situation. And then we'll help you implement all of that so that your plan is actually put in place and we can check the progress and we can answer the questions or any concerns as they arise because of life changes. And that is just a wonderful place to be, I can tell you. Look, I uh, created a seven-step trademark process in the early 2000s. It's called the Financial Protector. And it's been great watching that impact so many people over the decades. I'm so glad that I did it. It's a perfect track to run on. People understand it. It's easy. You know, it's... It, it it helps you look at all the different things that people want to look at, and that they need to look at, and kind of address and, like I mentioned, make those educated decisions. So I just encourage you to, you know, to keep that in mind because of, uh, you know, potentially what could be coming up. Uh, and I, I think it's really important. And uh, timing um, is just really, it's really a good time for you if you want to be looking to get a second opinion um, to just kind of lay it out, have that conversation and answer any questions you have and see what's the next best step for you as far as making sure that you're, um, where you want to be and that you're equipped as best as possible with what you have to do uh, or to be the most successful, I guess I should put it, you know, now, you know, up to retirement and all through retirement for sure. Um, that does it for us. I'll talk to you on the Morning News Express with my friend Bob Miller Monday through Friday. Talk to Bob live at uh, 550, and um in the morning. And, you know, we kind of let you know what's going on and what to keep an eye out for. And then we'll be back here uh, next Saturday and um, going to be talking um, actually it's, a. I I already know it's someone that wants to come on about, uh, what's going on in China. So we're going to be talking about, um, you know, again, what threats do we have there that we have to worry about and prepare for and make sure that, um, you know, that our exposure is correct. So that's coming up, uh, next Saturday. And, um, I, th- I think that's it. So I, I hope you had a, boy, what a special day, uh, September 11th yesterday and, I hope you had a good Patriots day and you know, that we never forget. And um, I hope you have a really good rest of the weekend. And like I said, I'll talk with you on the Morning News Express with Bob Miller and back here next Saturday. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family. Oh, by the way, are you paying too much in taxes in retirement? That's the uh, latest complimentary instant download. Go to com and you can get that. Uh, Now I'll say, this is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. bartenders time trying to catch a buzz over the thought of us but i'll drink to a country song to another long work week on and i'll raise my glass to a long lost buddy i ain't seen i might stay for one we- past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at wfmd.com News Radio 930. WFMD Frederick. A Connoisseur Media Radio Station. 7 o'clock.